0: Welcome to the Carolina Codecast. Today I've got with us Chris Merritt from uh, Rock 2023. He's going to be talking about the Unconference coming up at the beginning of uh, October. Hi, Chris. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Glad you could be with us. So tell us, what are you up to these days?
1: Oh, man. What am I up to? Well, summer's coming to an end. Uh, school has started back, so my life's getting a little more serious. Uh, for anyone who knows me, Personally, I take summer break pretty serious. We uh, we try to travel and get outdoors and do all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Nice. Um,
1: yeah. So logistically, you know, what that looks like, or I guess like on the professional side of things, uh, I do a couple of different things. I run faculty, which is a web consultancy. Okay. Uh, we do design and dev work for clients. That's kind of the main gig. I tell everyone that's the thing that like pays the bills. Um and then on the side, for fun, I run Atlas Local and Grok with my business partner, Matt Cook, and, um, you know, Atlas is a co-working space here in Greenville, South Carolina, for those of you who maybe don't know that, and then Grok is our uh, hopefully annual <laughs> sort of tech conference meetup thing, you know, has mm-hmm. been kind of hard to do that lately with the world, but so, in an ideal world.
0: So where is Atlas Local now? Is it the same place that it was when I was there?
1: Yeah, so we're over in the village um, in the first floor of the Brandon Mill. Okay. Uh, we've been there since 2016. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun little spot. It's, um, you know, we were kind of drawn to that property because it would give us the space we needed, but then it is primarily a residential property, Um but us being a commercial space, we have access to all their amenities and stuff. So it's kind of nice to That's have nice. access to the gym and the pool. You know, we use their game room for our meetups in the movie theater for meetups, that kind of stuff. So it uh, helps, helps solve some of our logistical problems with meetup space that way.
0: Yeah, we got to use it a few years back when uh, when I was working for Martian. At the time they, yeah. they started an internship program and hired four interns in the Greenville area and we needed a, a space for them. And so we put everybody over at Allo and uh, oh, that was a really great uh, space. I don't know if we ever took advantage of the gym, but I know we took advantage of the game room space for a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I should probably take advantage of the gym. I never do. I'm more I'm just trying to have fun, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's cool seeing those old, uh, those old mills in this area get converted and kind of upfitted for,
1: to modernize, them. yeah, it's, it's super interesting to see them salvage something that is just sat there and decayed for so long. I mean, that building was mostly abandoned for I don't even know how long, but decades before they renovated it. Um, it was in pretty rough shape the first time I walked through it with them.
0: Yep, it's good stuff. So, uh, so how, you've been running Atlas Local since when?
1: So we, we so anytime we talk about house local we try to talk in the collective because we're sort of like a co-op. I mean, essentially we started as a co-op in 2007. There was about eight or so folks that just needed a place to get out of the house. Um, you know, I feel like we were all young and didn't have homes and home offices. You know, didn't hadn't gotten to that stage of life quite yet. Yep. Um, so yeah, so two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere you know, in two thousand seven, beginning two thousand eight, it's kind of like when the band got together to sort of uh, build that. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get involved until maybe like two thousand and eleven or so. I had a uh, a day job at the time that didn't let me work remotely very much, but yeah. anytime I got a chance, I would you know pop over to the office. Um, but I've been one of the like owners and sort of running the place with Matt since about two thousand thirteen. Okay, uh, that was kind of when we just got to a size where we needed to like actually have a more structured ownership and leadership for the business. We weren't just a bunch of folks running a cool co-op at that point. Uh, you know, we were somewhere around 50 or 60 people and running a 3000 square foot office. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that ever since. Nice. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun, challenging job. Uh, I'm like, I'm like everyone's office dad, you know, it's like, <laughs> reminding people to pay their bills and to clean up after right. themselves, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's a, it's a great group of folks.
0: Nice. You said it was called the collective when you when everybody first started?
1: Uh, well, our original name, legally just our name is Cowork. Uh, I mean, it's like point of reference. Like uh, that's – I think we opened like five years before WeWork or any of those folks. So like yeah. at the time – Co work didn't really mean anything, um, and we rebranded to Atlas Local when there started being other co working spaces. Yep. You know, I remember when, like, the from yeah, exactly. I remember when Adam and them were starting to Open Work. There was this funny conversation where it was like, "Oh man, people like, oh, you work at one of the co working spaces?" I'm like, "Yeah, I work at Co Work," and they're like, "Yeah, but which one?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be complicated moving forward." Nice. Uh,
0: so. So when y'all started out, I think you were – it was right down on Main Street, I believe, above, um, above Taco Sushi, wasn't it, in that space?
1: Yeah, they were in a short – they were in a space briefly right before that, with my understanding. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting how – it's funny to tell these stories now because now it's like, oh, man, we're talking about stuff that's like 15 years. In the yeah, no. The reason I, I ask is because I
0: used to be right down the hall from that. That's where the bright ball Oh, line nice.
1: Is. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we were up above Taco Sushi for a while. Um, then moved over to Trey Cole's space on West Washington. We're there for the longest of times. Um, loved that space. Loved, loved Trey. Would have loved to have stayed there. We just needed more physical space. Yep. And um, that's when we moved to the mill in 2016. I still got
0: the old uh, door placard from one our. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But just couldn't part with it's the only thing I had to keep, I had to keep from that time. <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. All yeah, right, there's... so let's uh, let, let's get right into into what everybody's probably here for, listening for. Tell me about Grok, the unconference. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, internally at Atlo, you know, at our co-working space, once a month we try to do sort of like a demo day, hangout day. Um, you know the original reasons behind that were we were growing to a way that you would sometimes bump into people in the kitchen or in the meeting room and be like, Oh, hey, it's Barry. You know, he's new, I don't really know him. What does Barry do? You know, and it's like, you know, you want to. So, we we're like, Let's just force people to interact. Let's, um, and so usually, usually the way you do that is you provide, you know, pizza and beer or something like that. So, we, we started doing that once a month. And we basically just ask for folks to sign up for a time slot, you know, sign up for 15 minutes, talk about a thing. Um, you know, we're going to cater food and beverages and stuff. So, like, if someone's up there talking about their new fixation with some new framework that doesn't matter to you or, you know, and, and you're like, whatever, just smile and nod. And now at least when you bump into that person in the hallway, you know what to talk to them about or what not to talk to them about, maybe. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of their way it originally started, Um, and then it sort of morphed into Grok, the conference, uh, in 2011 after South by Southwest is like, I feel like everyone came back um, from South by and were talking in the office about their favorite parts of the conference. And almost all of the things people were talking about were not the conference. It was the attendees. It was like, Oh, you know, I'm so glad I got to see Barry. I got to see Dwayne. I got to, you know, I never see Kevin and he was there. Um, and like, sure, you know, the speakers in the workshops and things were interesting, but that was rarely people's first reaction or their first answer. They'd kind of get to like, Oh yeah. And that, you know, that talk by so-and-so was great. And let's discuss that and that sort of thing. Um, but it's probably most of the things that we do in our community. Like what was just an organic conversation was like, well, how do we get our, how do we get our friends and our peers and those people together more without going to South by Southwest? Like selfishly, a lot of us are in Greenville. So it was like, a, y'all come to me, please. Um, and then two, it's still like South by is expensive. You know, it's like, here's a, here's a multi-thousand dollar co- you know, ticket for the conference. If you do all the workshops and the things, you know, flights, hotels, etc. Um, so, like a lot of things at ATLO, uh, it was probably, or it definitely was for Grok, but for lots of the things, it's someone like Matt or Matthew who just is like, well, let's just try it. You know, like, let's email 50 people and ask them if they'd want to hang out and do a little mini conference for a Friday or something. Yeah. Um, and so, that's that was originally how we started. It was just, I think it was like 35 or 40 of us, and it was just an all-day Friday, and we had a few structured things we were going to talk about. But primarily, we wanted the conference to be about the people that are there, uh, and about the conversations that we would all have together. And so, that's still what we sort of do at Grok nowadays. Is we do have some keynotes and some speakers, and they're phenomenal. And you know, we we do our best to try to find, um, you know, diverse groupings of skills and things, or you know, to sort of in, encourage and inspire everyone. But then we also are breaking up attendees into these little breakout groups throughout oh, the conference. Nice. Um, yeah, so it kind of gives you the ability for the conference to be what what you want to make of it. You know, we will encourage all the attendees uh, through email notifications and things before the conference to like you know go ahead and not necessarily plan a super formal talk. But like, be prepared to give a 15 minute talk about something that you're working on or you're passionate about. You know, it could be your day job. It could be a side project, whatever. Um, And what usually happens is the first one of the conference is a little quasi awkward. You know, all the introverts are a little quiet. And there's a bunch of loud people like me that, you know, will share their ideas or something. Uh, but But then people kind of find their people, right? You're like, oh man, but Barry was talking about that thing. And that was really interesting. And so then later in the day when you have other breakout groups and do things, you go find those humans or when it's lunchtime or time to go get a beer, uh, you go find those humans. And so the part that we really like about it is that starting of communications and conversations and relationships where it's like, we're not all going to solve what's going on in tech in a two day conference, but we can inspire a bunch of people and help them make connections about things that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, And that's, it's kind of fun to sit back and watch that happen.
0: That's that's pretty cool. So one, uh, so in terms of like the little breakout <laughs> sessions and stuff, can you like just give me an example of one of those or, or one that's kind of been memorable in the past?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Man, we had a really cool one from uh, just you know Jeremy Smith, who's in, here in town by chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, a... he actually started a Ruby he, conference this year, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah,
1: so he he just started a Ruby conference this year or last year.
0: Um, really, yeah,
1: yeah, I couldn't make it, but I it's pretty interesting. Um, talking to him about it beforehand and stuff because he was like, I get a lot of people that will reach out to me because they want to start stuff. I'm the guy, like, if you want to quit your job and start something new, like, please call me, I'll tell you to quit your job and start something new. <laughs> uh, but he's like, I'm thinking about starting a conference, and I was like, Man, this is the thing about conferences, like, they're real fun, but they're a lot of work, and you won't make any money. Um, probably. And so like, yep, I can relate but, to yeah. that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, but he, uh, he's a little bit of like a, a homesteader, you know, he's a do it himself, be self-sufficient garden and he's a handyman, that kind of thing. Um, he gave a, a talk one time about how communities like tech communities and Greenville, our little, you know, fear and ecosystem of the world is just, like an ecosystem in the, in in the environment or in nature where like the healthiest relationships or when something is something or someone is tied to the ecosystem through more than one way. That way, if one of those bonds breaks, you're not isolated, you're not on your own, you know, that kind of thing. It Mm -hmm. was pretty interesting. So it was like, we were sort of like mapping, you know, how people became part of our community and it's like, Oh, you know, this person and that person. And we're just like talking through it. Um, but it was really interesting to think about the, the biological aspect of, like, why human relationships and networks work in that sort of manner. That's cool. And I know it's a talk that comes up all the time. Um, people are always like, hey, do, did y'all, re- do y'all ever record these things? And we never do, mainly just because it's a big extra burden. We probably should one day. But um, yeah, we hired somebody for the Carolina
0: Co-Conference this year and and. It was. Uh, I'm. I'm glad we have the recordings for the talks, but uh, I could not have imagined having to deal with that myself. I mean, they brought in a whole camera crew and everything.
1: Yeah. And then did y'all have y'all made those, or will you make those available to the, the public? Yeah, they're or actually up on YouTube. Like
0: now. Yeah, we, we put them up. Oh, uh, cool. We put them up last nice. week. We've got our own our own YouTube channel for it and everything. All the talks are there, and they even edited my my welcome and and closing talk, uh, which was just sort of the you know, the what's next stuff. I wasn't planning on yeah. putting that stuff up initially. I wasn't even mic'd up for it, but they did a good job of capturing the audio despite not, not having me <laughs> mic'd.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have to do that one day. I, um, I've always been torn. I love when other folks do it because it's like, Oh, I didn't get to attend but I can still, you know, revisit this material on my own time. Yeah. Uh, but then selfishly it's like, Oh, this is a whole bunch of more work in admin.
0: um, yeah, they had to do a oh, bunch of editing and, and all sorts of stuff that I would was way Get out of my wheelhouse. Nice. But yeah, that's and and as you say, you, you still you miss out on on getting to to do the networking and, and talk to people there if uh, if uh, if you're not there for it. But that was actually one of the big reasons why, uh, why we did the recording in the first place, just because you know we had a, a really packed right. day and decided we wanted people to be able to get up and walk around and know that if they missed a talk, they'd still be able to see it later. And if they wanted to go, you know, network. And yeah. Network I hadn't thought about,
1: I hadn't thought about that angle. That's now you're pushing me to, to see if we'll record ours. Maybe.
0: There you go. See, <laughs> but, um, all right, so, so there's, there's one question that, I have wondered, since I first heard about this conference years ago, what does grok mean?
1: It's a good question. Um, <laughs> so it's it's funny, you know, Matthew Smith, who was one of our partners at, yeah. at Coerc and Atlow for a long, long time. Um, love Matthew. He's a dear friend. And but he's definitely like an ideas guy. Um, I tend to be more of the like executional operational um once i'm excited about something i'll go do it but i'm not the kind of person that sits around and just like thinks of cool stuff uh usually i would never be a good author or something like that like making stuff up like that would take me for forever um but he's always reading as an ideas human and you know after i was talking about after we came back from south by um He had been reading uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, which – oh, man, I forget who wrote that. Uh, Robert Heinlein or something like that. I forget his name. Um, But that's – it's a sci-fi, you know, science fiction book, and there's Martians and stuff in it. And so, like, Grok's not even an English word originally. Like, it was made up for the book. It's a Martian word that means Mm -hmm. to, like, deeply and thoroughly – and like fully know something. So, like, you know, uh-huh. to like really grok something is to like mull it over and to understand it and to, you know, I don't know, become one with it or something like that. Kind of depends. Again, it's not a real word. So it's like, it's a little, how like, uh, how you define it is a little interesting. It Just is the now. book, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I think, uh, I need to look it up. Webster has a funny way of describing it. It's like it's the only English word that derives from Martian. It's like, OK. <laughs> um, yeah. So when when we were talking about this concept of like the things we love about conferences is hanging out with your peers and having conversations like this and, you are know, nerding out and talking about something like running conferences or solving a problem or whatever it is. Matthew, I think, had just reread the book and was like, oh, yeah, like they talk about that in this book and it's Martian and it's, you know, just, you know, what if we just mulled over some topics all day and like really got to know them? And we're like, cool, love it. And it's an interesting word. And it's just like, I don't know, just kind of stuck. It kind of, originally our logo was like a caveman. It kind of sounds like a caveman word. Um, You
0: can see that, I suppose. It'll, it'll be interesting yeah. now if uh, if if Elon ever gets to, to Mars like he wants to, then I wonder oh. if "Grok" will be the first Martian word. I
1: guess I guess we have to make it happen now. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. And so I you don't know if he'll get
1: to Mars, but yeah.
0: Well, you said the first "Grok" happened in in what 2018,
1: 2017? No, the very first one was in two thousand and eleven. Oh wow! Really? Um, that was Good. the Good. first one we did. That was just a small group of us. Uh, I think the first public one we did was 2013. Okay, cool. Very so cool. we did it like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, we skipped some year in there. I forget which year it was. Um, and all the way up till 19. And then, you know, paused for 2021 20, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we actually were in like very, very close for 2020 planning and booking the venues and asking speakers to talk and all that kinds of stuff. When like, you know, when the world kind of shut down for the pandemic, uh, and Matt, my business partner, who's way more of an optimist than I am was like, no, like it will be fine. We'll do it in the fall. And I was like, Mm, I'm not me. I'm not, uh, let's not. And then, you know, of course, neither of us knew what was coming down the pipe, but it's yeah, like, definitely not. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, so, um, so, so, what's something you're really excited about with uh, with this year's event?
1: Ooh, man! I'm this year. I'm really excited about two things. Uh, one, our speakers. Uh, I'm always excited about our speakers, but this year, you know, Matt's really kind of. Um, hit it out of the court trying to find folks that are like not part of our network, but should be, if that makes sense.
0: That does. I uh, said,
1: so Jamie, Jamie Kasoy is speaking. Jamie is a long term sort of internet friend of our groups and neighborhoods and everything. You know, he's one of those fr- people you're friends with on Twitter, but you see twice a year at a conference or something. Yep. Um, Jamie's really good at his craft. He's super funny. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited about the speakers. You know, we've got a couple of, you know, I know some of them personally, some of them I've never met before. Um, But when we kind of like made a spreadsheet of all the folks we thought we could invite and ask, we just started saying, like, we got on Slack at Atlo. We're like, all right, you know, here are the people we'd love to talk to. Does anyone have a way I can connect with this person? You know, back to that whole like ecosystem diagram. It's like, okay, well. I know Barry and Barry knows Kevin and Kevin is really close to Jamie. So like someone make those connections to get me to these people. Um, So that'll be fun. And then one of my primary focuses for this year has been really focusing on the folks that get excited about uh, technology Um, but don't attend a lot of events because of like financial barrier to entry or logistics or something like that. Um, So I've been spending the last couple of weeks, month or two, I guess at this point working with um, sponsors and donors and then programs like Women Who Code, Carolina Code School, um, a couple of other that we're still working with. We haven't nailed down yet, but like trying to find ways that we can, diversify and grow our sort of network of folks. Um, and I'm specifically kind of trying to focus on folks that might be early in their career. There may be folks that have like, you know, gone to the code school and have pivoted and changed or folks like we would love to partner with some, some colleges or some high schools to bring some students. That's been the most challenging ones to partner with. Academia is a little interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, primarily because, you know, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people in our little in my circle, it's like, had someone at some point not done that for me, like I wouldn't be here, I would be doing something different, probably. But somebody was like, I don't know, you know, you, you want to come to this event, you want to work on this thing, you want to volunteer on this project. And then you're like, Oh, I kind of like this. You know, it seems like something I want to do more of. Yeah. um that's so also that's where great. all
0: your energy comes from right i mean the everything is new energy
1: yeah yeah having having like new and fresh blood you know i went to, to lunch with uh christina robert from who you know is part of women who code uh yeah. and works at Atlo a little bit and we went to lunch to talk about how we could get folks involved and i was like you know you tell me more about women who code and folks like that and just i don't know what i don't know and while we're there having lunch, some somebody walks by who had like been through the code school that knew Christina from another thing. And they're like, Oh Christina. man, I would wanna... <laughs> to Oh yeah, everyone knows Christina, but yeah. But then this guy's like, Oh, you know, I want to come. And I'm like, okay, um, you know, write my email on the receipt and just like, send me an email. We'll, we'll find someone to s- pay for your ticket, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. Um, and until those types of stories and things start happening and sort of naturally brewing, um, it feels like you've probably experienced this with conference stuff. It just feels like you're sending a bunch of emails and paying some invoices and working on spreadsheets. But then when other people get excited, it's like, oh, this is real. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be exciting. I'm not going to be there alone in this, you know, (laughs) in this amphitheater.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, that was exactly why I did the, uh, did the conference the way that I did it this year was, you know, from, having never done it before, I had no idea how it was going to go. So I basically did the, if you've ever seen people do the coding in public and public approach to writing stuff where they're like live streaming, their coding and everything. And they're telling about every yeah. bit of progress they're making on their side project or whatever. Right. I, I just set up a Substack blog and just started writing about literally everything that we were doing and just to yeah. see what people were responding to and what they weren't. And uh, yeah, I was keeping an eye on that. It was interesting. It, it, yeah, it spr- definitely helped me. I'm more of a writer than a, uh, than a, graphics person anyway uh so you know okay we, we're we're cool. still on the substack site we don't have a, uh, a fancy website yet or anything and at some point we'll get there but um but you know writing comes pretty naturally to me and so yeah I, I do a lot of blogging and writing and whatnot and so it's uh that was my easiest path to getting this stuff done and and turned out you need to write a lot of emails to run a conference anyway so that works out
1: yeah you do oh man i uh I we've had the same Mailchimp account since the first one nice. and I was going through it the other day like looking at all these people we've emailed and all these different past campaigns and I was like man I uh it's wild to think how many emails I've sent these people reminding them to do things and to oh, fill out these forms and you know we always inevitably forget something. And then it's like the week before it's like, Oh, we need to remind everyone of this thing. Or like, we forgot to ask everyone their t-shirt sizes or, you know, whatever
0: it yep. is. And I did like, that exact thing this year, actually. No, we had, nice. Uh, we got everybody to get their tickets. And then I realized, I forgot to include the food allergy question on the, on the Oh tickets. yeah. Yeah. And so I had to right, get yeah. everybody to re-update all their ticket information so that we could have that.
1: <laughs> yeah. That kind of, i and we, that happens every year. This, we never get something perfect the first time. Yep. Uh, oh, well, that's part of the fun, you know, yep. it's, Organized it's a weird little adventure. Yes. It's it's chaos that you're trying to organize at least. I, uh, I definitely I'm jokingly talk about it as like herding cats where it's just like, there's mm-hmm. only so much we can do with these people, but let's just make sure no one gets hurt. Yep. Um,
0: so what's the yeah, weirdest thing that you remember happening at a, at a grog conference?
1: Ooh, weirdest. Man. Um, so for quite a few years we did Grok uh, in partnership with the Iron Yard. Uh, right. those folks that, you know, started the Iron Yard, Peter and Mason and Eric and all of them are are friends of ours and are part of the community. Um small little tid like fun fact is for a while co uh, cowork before we were atlas local and the Iron Yard were the same legal entity for a while. Oh I um, know that that's it's that's its whole other blog podcast probably but yeah there was a while where we were all in sort of in business together or whatever nice. um and then when they when the code school blew up it was like, okay it doesn't really make sense for us to be this tiny little part of your business it's y'all go do your thing we'll go do our thing right um but man yeah weirdest there's been a few years where we have had like quite a few attendees like five six six hundred attend, attendees or something oh wow um yeah, that's a that's another a fun challenge. I loved those years, but they're the years that like I don't feel like as a conference attendee that I attended or a conference organizer that I attended. Yeah. I was just in the background making sure buses are running and caterers are coming. Um, but we took everyone. Uh, man, we were 2017. We took all the attendees to do the BMW driving course. That was kind of bonkers. Um, wow. someone it as an idea and Barth was like, Oh, I know some people. And I used to work at Michelin. So I knew some people. We all just kind of started sending emails and just magically happened.
0: That's a lot um, of people to take over there.
1: It is. I think they thought we were, were pretty drunk the first time we asked them. They were like, that many people can't come at once. And we're like, okay, well, how many people can you take at once? Like, what if we? So we had to split the conference up in halves. So it was like one group, you know, group A went in the morning, one group B was doing these other activities and going to some wow. breakouts and some speakers. And then we flipped at lunch. We had to rent charter buses. Uh, one of the buses got a flat tire in the morning of. Um Goodness which yeah. Uh and then yeah, one year we played kickball on floor field. That was pretty wild. Um That's that was really, really fun. The the footage of that is hilarious. In hindsight I don't know that we should have taken a bunch of like computer nerds like <laughs> to go play sports. Um we did we did have an injury that was was uh is funny to laugh about now but it was serious at the time. A guy oh, fell and broke his wrist pretty bad, needed surgery. Yeah, it's... Playing kickball? He, like, ran into someone and, like, fell funny. I don't know. I didn't actually see it happen.
0: Um, I I was. with I've had a broken wrist before. I understand how, like, how it happens. It's always a freak accident. It's
1: one of those... You probably, you know, as an adult, especially, you know, consulting and running businesses and running conferences and stuff, like, you probably have been there before. But, you know, you have those moments where you, like, randomly wake up in the middle of the night you think about some, like, bad thing that happened or that you're trying to fix or whatever. I definitely, like, once a year wake up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that guy broke his wrist. And I'm like, okay, whew, man, that, was, that was a decade ago. We can <laughs> we can move on. But, uh. yeah, we had had to had – to, he's he's good now. I, I talked to him a couple of uh, Maybe about a year ago. Nice. Still has his hand,
0: so that's good. That's that is good. Yeah, I think the most dramatic thing we've had happen so far is uh um there was a concern that we weren't gonna have coffee for a bunch of programmers. Oh, that's I mean that's mm-hmm. a that's a valid concern. Yeah, we literally shorted the breakers on the building with our with our coffee pot set up. And uh weren't sure if we oh, we're gonna nice. get them back up and running. We had uh four of the so that the guys over at PC864 help with the B sides conference the security conference. Uh, yeah, yeah. they suggested getting four Curex and just and just a bunch of K cups and everything. And so we set them up. and We had a surge protector and everything, but we put them on the same outlet, and wow. the outlet it overloaded. The outlet tripped the Didn't breaker. Like that. Building security in there on to to or building maintenance in there to, to get it fixed, and oh, then weird. spread out everywhere. But yeah, you, you get concerned about what's going to happen with uh, with 150 programmers who are not caffeinated.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's definitely. We've been there. Um, I normally work with, well, I'm good friends with like Marco and David and all them at Methodical, and they're right there because we, yeah. we're we at the Clemson space most years as well. So I'm always just like, listen, we just have a shuttle with them where it's like they're bringing us one of those little big carafts so and we're taking another one back. Nice. Um
0: Yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I thought really hard about doing that because I, I spent so many days at Methodical just meeting people before, and that was where I right. would meet yeah. all the time. But we even gave them a little shout out during the conference, even though they weren't sponsoring or anything, just because they were, oh, they were nice. such an integral part of the event, whether they knew it or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's super funny because Methodical exists because of tech conferences in some ways. Uh, really? Marco was, Marco was living in Atlanta at the time, if I remember correctly, He had moved down to work for MailChimp, um, and he came back into town for Grok. and then one of the afternoons broke off and went and had coffee or beers with Will and David, and that was kind of when they, like, hatched their idea uh, to, like, launch Methodical, so. Nice. I feel like that entitles me to, like, 1% of the company or something, but. It, It should, I mean. I've,
0: Somebody told me that they're actually featured on an Amazon special about exotic coffees or something like that.
1: They are, yeah. I've watched yeah. it. It's pretty cool. I haven't actually it's, watched it. I mean, it, I'm, need to. I'm a huge fan of those folks, you know, personally and professionally. I've known them all. I've known David since college. Uh, I've known Marco since the early days of the co-working space. And then, you know, when Will was a high school student trying to figure out how to be an adult and run a coffee shop, or to get into coffee, you know, for a while he did his own little pop-up coffee shop called Vagabond Barista. And we just told him like, man, come do it at the co-working space, like two, three days, whatever you want, you know, a week, just tell us when you're going to be here. Um, and like, tell us how we can help you. You know, again, anyone that wants to like do something weird and different, we're just like, I don't know, try it. You know, what's the worst case? We do it for a couple of weeks. It doesn't work out. Um, yeah. And so Will's like, sweet. So I was like, all right, well, this is my, you're doing good. Coffee's awesome. Just don't go to college. Just go ahead and start a business. Um, I was like, I'll support you in any way I can. And then when they opened their shop downtown, the first couple of weeks, they did pop-ups outside before the building was finished inside. Uh, and Will was like, remember that time you said you would do anything? He's like, do you want to come at 6 a.m. and help me set up our coffee bar every morning? And I was like, you know what? I'll do that for a few days. But
0: Nice. That's, that's awesome. I had no idea about that. I'll, I'll have to reach out to Methodical and see if they want to sponsor this podcast now. <laughs> yeah, do it. Tell David. David will do it.
1: Just go ahead.
0: I'll keep that in mind. Speaking of which, uh, Heard Media is, has been helping me with this, uh, get this podcast off the ground in the first place. They help with the first episode and they help with the editing. They're showing me how to do all this stuff. I had no idea because I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to any of this. But uh, I hear they're over at Atlas Local now as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they're they're like the the prodigal son returned. Adam was there for a while, and then uh, did the work from home thing for a while, and then um, yeah. So they've got a private office at our space now. I have a feeling they're doing a lot of editing this kind of stuff in there. I don't know. They're always in there with their headphones on, and I walk by and I smile. But uh, they moved in a couple weeks ago, so it was it was fun to have them back.
0: Seems like I selfishly I I appreciate the help because we're very much small potatoes.
1: Yeah, they're great humans. I haven't had the opportunity to work with them professionally yet, but would be pretty excited about it. Um, And then, yeah, we're always, we're happy to have them back. Uh, Selfishly, one of the things I love the most about the co-working space is it just means I'm around people. And, like, I see them, so it's like, oh, man, like, if you leave the space, it's like, whether you like it or not, you're like now a lower tier friend because it's just so easy to like bump into you every morning, making coffee and be like, how's it going, Barry? What you been doing? That kind of thing. So glad That's to amazing. have him back.
0: Yeah. I've been, I've been working remote for about, uh, for about 11 years now. And I tried over at Atlo, I tried over at the uh, open works for a little bit and I really want to be in a co working space. But life is busy. My wife owns a business. My wife owns therapy 360 here in Greenville. Um, and, okay, uh, cool. and she's been around for, for 16 years doing that. It's really, uh, really busy, uh, busy endeavor over there. I got two kids and between, you know, getting kids to and from school and stuff randomly coming up and needing to run errands yeah. or whatever else I live in easily. And so it's not I mean, it's only 10 minutes to get that low from my house. Which is great. Right. But uh but
1: that ten minutes is a big barrier some day. Yeah,
0: especially when you need to run an errand during lunchtime or something like that and drop stuff off at yeah. the house. Like I kept trying it, but I kept needing to run back to the house to different points and it was tough.
1: Yeah. But uh, no, I, I get it. I um I mean as much as I love the place, and obviously I'm biased, I still I try to be at home like two days a week. Like usually Mondays and Fridays I'm home. Like this is my home office right now. Yeah. Um and I try to make those the days that I'm doing this kinds of stuff where it's like um, you know, in the client world, I'm doing a lot of this for client projects and working with team kickoffs and wrap ups and things. Um, so I try to schedule those things appropriately. Where it's like, All right, well, I'm in my home office. Hopefully you can't hear my kids out there fighting each other. Everyone at Atler doesn't have to listen to me all day um, on my meetings. But yeah, I mean, there's you've got to you know, for me anyways, like I finally found a rhythm that worked and, yeah. and kind of. But yeah, it's, I get it. It's, it's hard, especially when you got kids and stuff. I got, this is the first year that our kids are at separate schools. So like now one's in middle school and one's in elementary Yeah. and like, man, first world problems, but man, it's a, it's a hassle, like driving to separate schools and it's like, Oh, today one has an activity and one doesn't. And so it's like, well, who's going to go pick up this kid from violin and who's going to pick that kid up at school. And it's like, Oh yeah. I don't know how folks with like traditional jobs, Handle those things like. Thankfully, me and my wife are yeah, both complicated. entrepreneurial and running our own stuff. So it's like, if I have to do it, I just do it, you know. But yeah, if I was working, a, a lot of
0: times it's a matter of just putting the kids in after school programs, and uh, yeah. you know, whether it's either some type of sport or something that runs a shuttle to uh, to it. I know there's um, like here in Easley, I know there's a uh, there's a taekwondo place that runs buses to the elementary schools and just picks kids up right after school and takes them there and they, they do sense. their homework yeah. while they're in there and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's a good setup. We have, we have
1: had lots of parents ask us about doing some form of daycare after school, something, something like in partnership with the co working space. Yeah. Um, the liability we've contemplated it. Question. The liability is the thing, man. My lawyers like, do not do this. Yeah. Like I know I tell you to. He's like, he, you know shout out to matt sherlock great lawyer out there yeah uh, you know he loves the fact that me and matt love to do weird stuff but he's like dude listen this is a whole nother thing this is the like insurance and liability and it's like a bunch of paperwork the stuff that you guys are gonna hate and so it's like
0: Oof. yeah um like i know i've got a one of my relatives works for uh for chick-fil-a corporate in atlanta okay. and they've got like a a huge daycare facility there for all the employees, but it is like a fully staffed business. And I mean, there's right, there, yeah. And you know, we've uh, e- even at my wife's office, we've talked for years. I mean, she's had it for 16 years, and of course, it comes up uh, over time. You're trying to right. figure out, you know, what can you do to make your employees' lives easier. And absolutely, right. that would come up as a as a great thing. And they even work in pediatrics, so it would be it would be great. But it's it's just really really tough to figure out a way to make it work that's beneficial yeah. all around.
1: Yeah. Man, is that the first iPhone I see on your bookshelf? It is. There? Yes, it is
0: right there. And do you know Ryan awesome. Beck? Uh, I know of him. I don't know him super well. Okay. So, uh, so he had MediaStation uh, media station and now, yeah. and then he's, I think they merged with fuel and now he's got Beck. Yeah. Digital. But, uh, I worked for him, uh, with another friend of mine, Chris Coker, um, uh, Okay. Mine was actually our boss at Nuvox, which is now Windstream, of course, but that was my first job out yeah. of college. And I went and worked for him at the uh, media station after that for a bit. And uh, we finished a really big project right as the uh, the iPhones were coming out. And our reward for doing a good job on their great projects was they, they got us first edition iPhones. And so That's I, awesome. I can't bring myself to part with it because it's kind of a collector's item now, I figure.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I had mine. I... Uh... I even camped out for it, which in the upstate of South Carolina you didn't need to do, just in case anybody's wondering. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I camped out for it, and the guys AT and T are like, there was like three of us, and they're like, we have we have plenty of phones. You'll be good. And I was like, I don't know. I thought every y'all, I thought I thought all the nerds were excited, like I was excited, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, so I, I found out it depended on the store, because when I forget what year it was, but it, uh, one of the years they had a major update to it. And I remember going to somewhere in Greenville uh, when I was in Greenville every day working, and I and they were sold out. There was a uh, line out the door. They were coming in and like taking phone numbers and saying, "All right, at this point in the line, nobody's getting anything." Right, you um, are done. And so I left, and I just went over to the AT&T store in and Easley, and they were like, "Here." <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A little win sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh man, I remember when we didn't even have like an Apple Store in the Upstate. I remember like when I, if I broke my computer, I'd have to like go to Atlanta or Charlotte
0: or something. Well, there was always that and, place in down in uh, downtown. What was it? Uh, yeah, the
1: iStore was I great. Store. Rest in peace, man. They yeah. they just finally closed shop. I heard that. As yeah, I, I walk by there and get kind of bummed. As uh, I always liked having them. Yep. Selfishly again, selfishly. They just they were, they did great. And yeah, I, they're right there beside Methodical. I can always drop off my stuff, have a coffee, yep. wait for an hour, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it's hard to run a business for sure, especially with, with real retail space and rent and all that. But um
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a soapbox I can stand on for a while. I uh I I love Greenville and I love this little town. I'm from here and born and raised and it's like it's it's not a quaint little tiny town anymore it's interesting when it's like i love this place but it's like it's getting harder and harder to run businesses in this town it's not as affordable anymore and yep
0: it's still more on the, on the outskirts i mean you can you know you can yeah. rent space in, in different areas of like the different little downtowns like simpsonville or whatever else but
1: oh yeah yeah but like, like there's only not the at starting all starting
0: costs are tough
1: Yeah, I'm not at all surprised that, you know, the iStore can't make it in downtown Greenville. Like, it's, we're on the front page of everything right now, you know, places to visit, places to move. It's like, I hate it. And I mean, obviously, the Apple Store had to put a big crunch on them as well. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, look, thanks a lot for your time today. We've, I think we've, we've chatted for a good long time here. But, uh, any, any final thoughts on, on grok for what are the what are the dates october 5th and 6th i believe
1: yeah the conference is october 5th and 6th uh the 4th the night before we usually do like a you know pretty hangout you know because a lot of folks will be coming in from a minute out of town and stuff so that night mm-hmm. we'll either have a party at the venue or meet up at a brewery or something um tbd on that um yeah you know if we like i said earlier anyone that um is interested in coming like we obviously would love to have them i tell folks like i've had a bunch of friends and acquaintances be like oh like should i come it sounds really exciting but i'm not a tech guy or i'm not a design person or whatever and i'm like man if you if you if it sounds exciting to you then like yes be there i mean you know i'm not a tech dude anymore i'm a watched up professional adult i work in spreadsheets all day you know it's like i get into github like once a month just to update some tiny little thing so it's like you know, wanting to be there is part of it. But yeah, it's just, you know, the excitement and the enthusiasm and you'll you'll find your people there. Yeah. Um and then yeah, yeah, for anyone that's listening and wants to come, you know, if, if finances are a problem, shoot us an email. You can my email is just Chris at Atlas Local. You can also email Grac at Atlas Local. Um the city we're working with the city and a bunch of folks, um, to sort of alleviate that problem. So uh, it's been great. I've been super excited about the local outpouring of support. There's been lots of people that want to come but can't. So they're like, hey, I'm going to buy a ticket. Give it to someone who who needs it. You know, that sort Nurse. of thing. So, kind of a scholarship. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, I really I wish that we had thought of like a more formal plan for that. It was just we, in the past, it's just always worked out. So we're just like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, we love watching the community sort of take care of itself and so it's like all right
0: well i understand all right well look thanks a lot for joining us today can't wait for uh for grok i believe the website is grokconf.com that's g-r-o-k-c-o-n-f.com yes sir all right thanks a lot chris thanks pal see you soon